Welcome to the Taking the Charge podcast with you from Regensburg, Germany. I'm David Hunting. Thank you for stopping by. Thank you for finding us. Thank you for your time. Yes, I'm going to say it again every time. I thank you for your time because it's totally appreciated. Um, yeah, I'm just I'm not gonna I'm not gonna mess around too too much this week. I'm just gonna uh, nuts and bolts uh, show to you guys. Uh, just things are pretty crazy right now with the uh, preparation for Under 17 World Cup. Uh, go to that website. Uh, go to the uh, FIBA Basketball, and then uh, and then and then go to the uh, World uh, U17 World Cup site. Uh, just putting up loads of stuff. Um, today was uh, the second half, the volume two of the uh, twenty players to watch. So twenty players, um, twenty players to watch out there um, tomorrow, uh, Thursday, is the uh, power rankings of the sixteen teams. Uh, have done by the numbers, so stats. Uh, just look at the um, uh, look at the past five editions of the tournament uh, by numbers, and just so much stuff out there. Uh, go to the website, check it all out. Um, yeah, this week uh, I have a guy uh, who talks a little bit about Danish basketball, a little bit about uh, uh, a bunch of different stuff, uh, but mainly uh, Danish basketball, and um, and then a couple of things that he's working on. Uh, Jorgen Lind. Um, and, uh, so before we get to that, uh, let's get to the big three, um, the story we're following, um, yeah, kind of, kind of a, a, just abstract a little bit. It's like the continuation of the youth summer. I mean, you, you, you know, the under 20 is going to be coming up, I think on the 16th of, of July. And then you have under 18 European championship, uh, July 30th, you know, obviously under, under 17 world cup. Uh, on July 2nd so uh, just you know seeing rosters come out from all these countries and um, and just thinking you know under 18 European Championship you know we're going to get the next five teams that go to the to the to the under 19 World Cup next year and um, yeah so uh, just kind of a I know it's kind of abstract thing to be watching but story to be watching Uh, but you know just uh, just the excitement of seeing all these guys and and thinking you know we're gonna you know have them playing at the under, uh, you know, five of the Europeans, for example, playing at the under uh, under 19 um, uh, World Cup next year. You 20 European Championship, you look at those guys, and and uh, for so many of for so many guys, um, they get off my radar uh, once they graduate the under 18 class, um, except for those who go to the under 19 World Cup. Um, and actually under 20, you know, I mean, this, you know, this is a, this is a, you know, the, some of those guys maybe played in under 18, um, but only one because 2020, for example, didn't take place. And and um, so it's uh, it's it's been you know some of the guys you know it's well uh, it's it's pretty cool to see some of the names again and see them pop up and you know they're not playing national team, not playing uh, senior national team, not playing uh, the uh, World Cup qualifiers, for example. Um, so so it is kind of cool to see some of the guys uh, kind of pop up there. Uh, young player. I'll tell you what, under seventeen World Cup is going to start uh, on on Saturday, and the guy I'm most looking forward to watching um, is is um, probably is probably a coot, uh, who I haven't seen at all yet, and who I really want to see is Cooper Flag, a kid from from Maine, uh, so upper upper northeast in the um, in the United States, uh, not a state known to produce a lot of basketball players, um, but. Uh, uh, definitely two, as a 2006 born, uh, six, seven, six, seven, six, seven, eight wing, uh, who does a lot of things and 
you, know, you look at his game and just screams uh, international basketball, uh, national team basketball, you know, um, you know, block shots, dribble, uh, you know, handle the ball, shoot, pass, likes to pass. Um, and um, I think the fact that, um, that he likes to pass uh, will get him the ball. And uh, because, you know, some of those guys, some of those, uh, ma- you know, uh, unmasked scorers, you know, uh, from the USA team, they know they'll get the ball back if they get if they're open and if they have a you know if they're wide open and have a good shot, um, that flag will get it to them. Uh, a menace on defense, um, you know, with the with the long limbs, um, uh, steals on the uh, on the wing, but also block shots. I mean, he's pretty serious block sh- a shot blocker uh, in the Lithuania game. Uh, friendly, their first game had four blocks, and uh, yeah, so just a, a serious serious. Uh, Swiss, Swiss Army knife, and can't wait to watch him. Uh, event, I mean, it's super easy. The Under Seventeen World Cup. I mean, it's it's something that we've all been looking forward to. Yeah, I mean, really, since the end of uh, since uh, whatever it was, you know, uh, you know, uh, uh, July, early July, mid June, uh, whatever it was, two thousand eighteen in Argentina when we saw USA knock off, um, uh, you know, uh, really take care of France. At the under eight, uh, under seventeen World Cup uh, final back in two thousand eighteen in Argentina, we haven't seen this tournament yet since then. You know, we missed the we missed the, the twenty twenty edition, and so now we're we've made it. Uh, starts on Saturday. Can't wait. Um, follow me on Twitter uh, at High News H E I N N E W S H E I N N E W S High News, uh, and uh, you know all the writing on the FIBA website f- for the the event website uh, comes from me. So I'll be you know putting all that stuff out there. Uh, so just follow it all, um, and um, yeah, so that's the event. Uh, let's l- give you a sneak peek of the uh, Taking the Charge Prospects podcast, which uh, actually came out today as well, uh, and that is with uh, Guillerme uh, Tesh, a uh, 2004-born Brazilian. He played for the under-18 under South American Championship uh, and then the under-18 uh, FIBA Americas Championship, Quali- and, and Brazil made it to the final of the under 18 America and then to uh, qualify them for the under 19 world cup. Uh, so here's a little sneak peek of the uh, interview from the taking the charge prospects podcast with Guillaume Tesh. A lot of the listeners to this podcast, you know, kind of know the, the European uh, market a little bit more and, you know, there's certain reasons why Europeans kind of go to the States for high school slash college um, what do you think about uh, let's talk about South uh, about Brazilians in particular what do you what do you think is the the, the biggest you know advantage for um, let's say Brazilians to I don't want to say get out of Brazil but to you know to go this different route what kind of advantages does that have over staying in Brazil oh the advantage that US has over Brazil yeah I feel like it's just First, I think here you kind of have more opportunities when it comes to college and everything. Because in Brazil, you play club. So if you play club, you, usually you don't go to college and you fully come back, come to, come, you fully transform yourself in a pro athlete. So, because you already start receiving, getting money, like if you can, like 14 years old in Brazil. Mm-hmm. It's not a big amount of money, but you still getting, you start getting paid at that age. Mm-hmm. And then, so that that's different because when you go to college, you're still studying and going to college. So that's two different. Like that's 
things that go together. And in Brazil, it's not that like that. But however, I feel like in the U.S., the game is really different because here is way more faster, and I feel like it can be way it can be more physical too. And I feel that's some sometimes. And then here is like if you're open, you shoot it. Like if you come on a fast break and you, they pass to you and you're open, you're gonna, you're shooting that. And I feel like in Brazil, it's more like of a slowdown game and like let's go through something and then let's try to get an open shot. Let's not try to make first pass and shoot the ball. And here it is, like it's a lot of one on one shooting. We don't have that in Brazil that much. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, yeah. Uh, you know, a guy that that's been in the states for a couple of few years now. And uh, you know knows how things run there, and you know, um, yeah, interesting. Really can't wait to see. You know, now, now, you know, they've been they've played two tournaments now together, and um, and are are really getting ready now to, you know, kind of get better. Like he said um, in the interview, get better on their own. Um, mentioned that, and and to get to to then be better next year, ready next year for the under nineteen World Cup. All right, let's go to the interview, the the big interview that we have this week. Uh, and that is with Jürgen Lind. So he's actually a Danish basketball coach um, and uh, actually took three teams to the uh, Adidas Next Generation Tournament, the EuroLeague um, uh, U18 event, uh, three Danish teams. A couple years, uh, a couple years ago uh, in Kaunas, they had the uh, Copenhagen, uh, the, what was it, the Copenhagen Basketball Academy, I think is what it was, Um or D- D- Denmark Basketball Academy, I can't remember off the top of my head, uh, but um, has has been doing some other things. Uh, does the Copenhagen in, in, uh, Invitational, which is a U14, U15 tournament, um, uh, does uh, works with the Kuwait Font Foundation, uh, follow through uh, organization, uh, follow through uh, uh, um, project. And then uh, you know, really something that that I that I you know think is fantastic is the B balls tour where he uh, B ball tours, um, and that's where he helps um, colleges uh, set up uh, tours of of Europe, you know, and and, and you know sets up teams, sets up hotels, um, and, you know trips um, and everything else. And so uh, I don't want to give away too much, uh, but I'll because I want to let him to. I want to let him uh, fill you in on all the information on that. So uh, without further ado, here's a, an interview with Jorgen Lind. Uh, appreciate your time, and uh, we will talk to you next week. So on the uh, Taking the Charge podcast this week, we have Jorgen Lind. Um, many hats, self-employed, uh, uh, run, runs two companies within basketball, has been a youth coach uh, for, for about 20 years um, and we'll get into a whole bunch of that. Uh, but first of all, Jürgen, uh, thanks for, for coming on. How are you doing? Thank you for having me, David. Uh, well, doing great. Sun is shining here in Denmark now, finally. And uh, the school is heading into vacation today, so it couldn't be better. There you go. Um, yeah, we're going we're gonna to kind of dip into some, some Danish basketball. Uh, it's a country that, uh, yeah, I don't, I, I don't mind saying that it's slowly but surely, um, you know, been on the rise and and i, I think there's a couple of uh, things uh, uh around that can that you know that uh, can maybe give it a push um and we'll get to a, a whole bunch of this uh, a whole bunch of that stuff um i want to actually start with uh, a reason why people actually might remember not necessarily you but the um sort of you know how you're involved in basketball and mm-hmm. uh and you actually were 
running the Danish Federation School in Copenhagen for uh, about 15 years. And uh, you actually took three teams to the Adidas Next Generation Tournament. Actually, the first one was probably uh, Nike. Uh, maybe it was even Nike, right? Back in, uh, in Kaunas, back in 2000. Uh, so it was 2011, 2012, uh, 2014, 15, uh, and then 2018, 19. Um, before we get into too much of those, uh, just maybe what do you think of when, when you, I mean, it's, it's, a, it's a tournament, it's a competition, that has produced so many amazing players and everything else over really such a long storied uh, uh, time frame. What do you, what do you think of uh, when you hear Adidas next generation tournament and, 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 you know, and knowing that you were kind of a part of it? Well, I mean, uh, obviously coming from a, a small country, uh, basketball wise, um, these are a huge experience for, for, for the coaches and for the players. Uh, being very well aware participating in these tournaments is because you have certain names on your on your roster. That's that's how it works, of course. Um, so we've been kind of humbled going into it. I think the, the first team we brought might be the most talented we had. It was Generation 94. Um but obviously huge experiences, uh, great conduction uh, around the, the events uh, and very professional setup. Um, I, I think um, getting into these actually means a whole lot more than, than people understand. It, it's a little bit called corresponding to when a, one of these small basketball nations get a bit of playing A division in the summertime. Yeah, it's, promoted to A division. Yeah. It's a little bit of the same gain for the nation because it's, not only the experience for the players, but it's also the people around it. They learn a lot from being part of these events. So we, we mentioned the first one was the 2011-12 season, and then it was uh, three years later, well, 14-15 season, and then again, 18-19. Yes. Um, so in that span of like, let's say, whatever it is, eight years, how, mm. how do you think that the exposure... Mm. And of course, there's more to it, you know, than than just the you know being at these tournaments. But maybe how 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 do you think that the exposure to that the event um, maybe kind of helped give uh, Danish basketball uh, at least a little bit of a push? Oh, definitely it did. Um, let's let's take the last team we we came with. Um, uh, we got that bit most likely because we had uh, the the prospect uh, Gustav Knutsen on on the team um, being well known around Europe. But from that tournament, uh, definitely a couple of kids got seen, got exposure, and they are not playing in Denmark anymore. And and that surely comes out of of an event like this. Even though uh, basketball is global today and the internet rules and everything, seeing people firsthand still means a lot. And I would say that the NDT gives a little bit better insight into the teams, the dynamics around the players than maybe a European tournament, a European championship tournament does because uh, people watching it gets the chance to be a little bit closer to these prospects. And that is what you need in order to identify the next kids. Yeah. Um, and uh, actually we were talking off, off air. So the other, the other two guys really, they kind of been able to, you know, make a little bit of a name for themselves. Ben Bakari Diba who's actually here in, in my neck of the woods, Germany uh, in Tübingen. Uh, and then uh, Jonathan, uh, Jonathan uh, Klusmann, um, who's actually uh, has, has already made his debut uh, and, and, and pretty decently at the, uh, with the senior national team. Uh, maybe your, your thoughts about, uh, you know, we, we talked about Danish basketball, but maybe, you know, what was like, you know, because you work closely with him, you know, maybe how how a player 
uh, how a player and he performed pretty, you know, really well in that tournament in Kaunas in, in 18-19. Uh, maybe what kind of confidence, um, uh, you know, being in a competition like this kind of gives a player like that. Mm. Obviously, it's it's a huge kickback for these kids when when they get the chance to play on this level against teams, against programs that they already know, and they see that they can match up at least for for peers of the games. That means a lot. Um, when you head into arenas that the NTG is is hosted, it's especially the, the the Konas Arena, which is for me one of the best basketball arenas in Europe. Of of course, that that does something to your to your stomach before you play the first game. But um, that's also what's maturing. That's also what's uh, after the games, after the events, are inspiring and motivating for these kids. And every time I've been taking a team on the road, that's my main goal. It would be great to walk home with the trophy it does happen even though it's a danish team but um but the main thing is to inspire and motivate these kids and i i think we get that from going into these things um and so you 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 ran the federation school for about 15 years um and then and then stepped away uh maybe you know talk a little bit about uh you know you know what that happened you know what happened there and where do you think the uh you know where do you think uh, the direction of the of the of the program is right now? Mm-hmm. You're kind of, so, sort of a. I mean, you're still in Denmark. You're still very no, involved in basketball. Maybe the the state of basketball right now in in Denmark. Mm-hmm. I'll say so. Um, club basketball in Scandinavia is in general very very strong. It's run uh, uh, mainly with volunteer coaches, mainly with volunteer boards behind. And in uh, the Olympic school, we did. Uh, aim to make an academy team as we know them from all over Europe uh, today. Uh, unfortunately, at that point, uh, uh, the, the surroundings around it wasn't wasn't ready for that. And after having been uh, uh, the morning practice coach for these kids for 15 years, I thought it was good to get somebody new in there um, that maybe could do it. What we do see now, though is another program uh, heading up in Copenhagen called Ajax Basketball. Ajax Basketball is headed by the former national team coach, the Israeli Elis Bittman. That looks very promising. They are, they are getting the, the kids as in any other academy to transfer their, their license to the school and they play for the school. And I, I think we will see that as the future of Copenhagen basketball. What's even more encouraging about that is that actually our, our best pro program uh, here in Denmark, Back and Bears, they are also getting a youth academy run yeah. very well in the other big city of Copenhagen, Aarhus. And I've always said it's good to have a national academy, but honestly, there's only that many shots that can be shot. And um, having more than one academy, one and more program, even though we are a small country, I think will will help us in the long run. Um, Because the more leaders we can develop in these teams, the more uh, players we can prepare for the men's national team later on. You you mentioned uh, Bakken Bears and and, uh, people who follow the Basketball Champions League uh, it was it was uh, not this past season, but the season before, you know, that was a just a thrilling team um, and uh, managed to to get three wins and and really almost made it to. I don't even remember what uh, was it one, what, one what, shot what, away, one yeah, shot away from European championship from um, 
I guess would that have been the the quarter the quarterfinals? Is that where the, the next stage? I'm not sure about been? the structure. It was yeah. Lithuania we lost out to, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, but uh, maybe you're, you know, obviously the 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 head coach of the Bucking Bears, you know, had been there for ages. You know, kind of took on a different role. Um, maybe maybe what is it like to have Bucking Bears sort of be the the main representative for for Danish basketball out there? At, let's say the club level. Fantastic. Uh, I can. That's that sums it up. Fantastic. They have built this program. The GM behind this team, Mikael Pilos, is uh, a humble guy. He worked this voluntarily for years and years. They have been building it step by step. And today, I think people would be surprised about their budget. They uh, are strong. They are well-rounded. They don't take big strides in building this program. They take it step by step. And the latest is they are going to build their own facility and own gym in, in the city of Aarhus. And um, that is a major, major step. Obviously, as other small countries, they are these programs that are far, far ahead from the other teams in the league. That does create some problems. But I think the gains are much bigger than the problems in this. Um. Some people might not actually realize, which is a shame, um, but some people might not realize that that actually Danish basketball have two uh, really rock solid uh, stars uh, in in European basketball. You look at uh, Ife Lundberg, uh, who you know was playing uh, a major role uh, with Seska Moscow before everything happened, and ended up going to the NBA at the end of last season to the Phoenix Suns, and uh, and Siobhan Shields, you know, playing really. A leadership role at, uh, at uh, Milan. Um, just maybe talk about, you know, because I see it here in Germany. You know, you they need their Dirk Nowitzkis. You know, the, the, the let's say smaller countries, and and I think basketball in some strange regard in, in Germany actually is kind of small. It's because it's, it's uh, but but you know you you need like your 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 idols. You know, for the young people to look look up to. You know what does it mean then for 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 Danish kids to see you know Ifa and and, and Siobhan play in Euroleague and then and even to see Lundberg go over to the NBA? It means a lot. It really means a lot. Um, for the increase of basketball here, member wise, I'm not sure it's going to mean a lot. Uh, the biggest increase the Danish Basketball Federation uh, has had when they didn't do anything, didn't have a strategy was when Michael Jordan made the Space, uh, the Space Jam movie the first time around. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> uh, that brought a lot of small kids into the clubs. But for the whole knowledge and daily exposure towards basketball in our nation, Eva Lundberg's debut in, in NBA has meant a lot. I, uh, I am to run his camp for the third year running this year in, in August um, here in Copenhagen. And... I can tell you the truthfully, when I reached out to Eva years ago, I didn't know which which direction it was heading into, but I, I can surely say that I knew about his values. I knew about how he built himself because Eva Lundberg is self-made. Um, and he represents such a strong attitude towards healthy life, uh, being the, the guide of your own uh, destiny. And he is a great, great, great idol for the kids. We had him around. We were fortunate enough to last summer to have him around on our camp for the full week. And Eva's uh, desire to take the next step is just getting burned into the next level of, of kids. And he's such a great representative of, of basketball here. Um, 
I do not believe that that basketball is a niche sport here in Denmark anymore. It's uh, it's very well uh, looked upon. A lot of people are watching it, and a lot of people, as in many other U- Western European countries, are watching. There's more viewers than there are actually participants in the sport, and the NBA is is highly exposed here. And obviously, Eva's debut has has made a lot. A lot of conversation has been struck up uh, when going grocery shopping with neighbors and stuff because suddenly everybody's following, and it really um, it really makes a difference. We did some years ago have a um, a kicker in an NFL for many many years, okay. and suddenly everybody was was watching, watching the NFL. The NFL. Okay. Yes, <laughs> and I I do see we will have the same effect. So everybody is right now praying that he will get a new contract over there and uh, we go from there yeah. because the the truth is also that the average dane does not follow the year league even though it's a fantastic league of basketball it is very lowly exposed up here mm-hmm. what do you think needs to i mean so you said uh, i mean we do have a second space jam movie so uh but mm-hmm. you, so you know you said uh, you know that the membership you know jump was with with space jam um What do you think needs to be done to kind of get Denmark, uh, you know, to kind of take a take that next step? You know, is it is it to you know to do something at a Eurobasket? You know, you know, just you know, mainly or just narrowly miss a you know World Cup or whatever. I mean, to kind of get people, you know, to kind of you know take that next step. I mean, because 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 you know, you guys have in theory, you could look at Finland, you can look at Sweden. You know, these are similar you know programs and that you know build and build and you know and send send guys here and send guys there and then and and, and gets built up slowly. I I honestly don't think it's it's any of those. Uh, if you watch Finland, they have around the same number of um, of members in their federation as we do even though the national team is doing a whole lot better. That comes down to a lot more professional organization on the top of the federation there. They've been doing it for years and years with a German captain uh, in front of that ship, and that's been fantastic to to follow. Denmark hasn't hasn't been uh, riding the same wagon, unfortunately. Uh, I think we do have the option to it, but... um, Something that's happened in the last handful of years in in these countries, and especially in Denmark, is that basketball is getting more and more reckoned with. And more and more kids are just by themselves churning up in the clubs around. Our biggest problem is well-educated coaches here that are ready to to take in uh, the kids. And that is our biggest uh, lack. Well-educated coaches comes from uh, professional organizations around. And there is a dynamic in these countries that because uh, tax is very high, people don't expect to pay that much to go to a recreational activity. So the whole uh, enticement to have uh, well-paid professionals for, for the young kids is unfortunately not very high. And that is a social dynamic that can create a stoppage to uh, to develop the sport. And is that from... Is that from the the federation side to be uh, corrected or remedied, or you know, I mean, obviously, you know, Bakken, if they have their own academy, they can, you know, they have their whatever it is, fifteen, you know, to whatever it is, however many teams they have, you know, twenty, thirty kids, but that's only that many kids, you know. I mean, it, so is it is it is it more the federation or is it the 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 leagues? It it's definitely a federation thing. Um, Sweden made this move 20 years back 
when they made a campaign to get female coaches into the game, young coaches. They made special trainings for them. And today they are the only federation that has almost the equal number of female and male participants in the sport. So I think it has to be a national strategy if uh, these moves are, uh, are being done, definitely. Okay. Um, we At the very beginning, I said self-employed, two companies in basketball. And I want to give you, uh, give you a chance to, to kind of talk about some of, some of the other things you're doing because it's pretty, pretty, uh, pretty inter- interesting things. Um, and, and I guess, I guess uh, let, let's, let's start off with, uh, well, which one do you want to start with? You follow through? Oh, or let's. The fastest one is I, I actually, we run two companies as, and a foundation. So um, we have B-Ball Tours. B-Ball Tours is a, uh, a company hosting U.S. college teams in Europe in the summertime. Uh, we are European-based, and what we do is um, to make real basketball experiences for the college teams coming over. Um, where I've been employed by some of the U.S.-based companies in this before, and uh, Many of the basketball experience they've been having here has been very artificial or made up for the occasion. And what we do here is we match them up with European programs that also needs these scrimmage games. And that creates a great dynamic. Um, the other company I have is, is follow through, follow through host. Uh, the most reckoned with event we are doing is the, the Copenhagen Invitational, a 15 year running tournament uh, recognized by FIBA. Um, which is uh, handling under 14, under 15 selected teams all around Europe. Uh, the tournament we were to host before COVID that got cancelled were having in teams from Canada, the US, um, China, and the national team from New Zealand. Um, now we are post-COVID. We started it up again last week. We had um, 10 or 12 teams participating. So it was a local tournament. Uh, but we are back on and we are proud to be back on. And we, we rolled it out through in, uh, during COVID. In follow through, we also host a number of uh, other events. We train kids here privately. The most reckoned with events among these uh, is the Ife Lundberg uh, camp that we are also uh, hosting. And we are very, very proud of, of that partnership with Ife, who is a fantastic person. Then lastly, we are, we are running a foundation in, during COVID. Not a lot of people could uh, travel and sweat on each other. So we got bored and um, we uh, started up a foundation in uh, Kenya, Africa, that as a lot of UN-based organizations or what, uh, what we have out there, NGOs, we put kids into school. We uh, get uh, kids in that's done very good on the primary school exams, but where the families either are refugees or a single parent living in the, the, the slum areas, and we give them stable conditions. We use basketball as a driver, as a financial driver for this, and we get in donations like this because we also select a, f- a little number of basketball kids that are then taking their experiences uh, in other countries and through that, we can drum up networks that things that think that we are doing there is, is a good thing and it helps somebody. Um, so it's not a basketball foundation, but we use basketball as a financial uh, lifting pole to, to do that. Uh, so Kenyans going to different places to, to improve their play and, and whatnot, right. get out, if you will, or just mm-hmm. try to develop that's that's what you were saying as far as yes it is i mean we and was there a reason why isn't there was a reason why kenya was chosen 
Kenya, long story, but we actually had a Kenyan team coming to our tournament years and years back. They were persistent enough and uh, to actually get a visa from us. Imagine doing a tournament like this. You get a lot of people wanting a visa for Europe, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been, been there numerous times. And we do not only host Kenyan kids in this, we also host kids from the neighboring countries around in Eastern Africa. And it... Kenya is a, is a great city, stable conditions, and this is why we are, we are building it there, because the number one thing we need for these kids, no matter what their ability is, is stability, because that's what these youngsters are lacking in life. Uh, values, we believe in human rights, we believe in education, we believe in diversity, we believe in potential, we believe in sportsmanship, and that is mm-hmm. the Kuai Foundation? Is that how Correct. Correct. Cool. Kuai is the national bird of to South Sudan, that's why. Okay. Um, I, I wanted to, I did want to go into the European basketball tours, uh, bballtours.com. Uh, um, uh, so is this, is this uh, colleges coming to you? Uh, do you, you know, do you kind of uh, have a network of, you know, communication, uh, you know, uh, different ways of, of communicating to, you know, a multi, multi, you know, multiple college programs saying, you know, if you guys are looking to come over, you know, we have a, we have a, you know, obviously, you know, well, how, I guess, how long have you been doing it? And, and I, and, 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 you know, word of mouth spreads pretty quick with, with stuff like this, especially if it's well run, they'll be like, yeah, you know, we did a, you know, we did a tour with, with these guys and it was fantastic. You know, then you're going to get like five, six more <laughs> invitations uh, for the following season. So to, give us a little bit more. Cause it, it, it really Correct. sounds interesting. Correct. I mean, uh, being a travel agency, uh, obviously everything's been struck by COVID. We, we do know of a, a couple of U.S. teams coming to Europe this summer. Uh, Europe being my backyard in this and knowing youth coaches from all over, setting up events around is absolutely durable and we all rely on, on, on network when doing it. <clears throat> um, the idea for this came upon because I was working uh, briefly for some of the U.S. companies as a guide in the summer and I have to be honest, I was surprised of how many money uh, went to waste on this and i thought we can do this better we uh, very simple we can negotiate the hotels perhaps for the u.s team and not just pay sticker price mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, and but i'm a basketball coach this is my passion and when we reach out to schools it's surrounding the basketball experience here uh, the tourist sites and everything Everybody can set that up. Um, so for us, it's all about connecting the right people in this. And being that facilitator is a lot of fun. Um, and I, I noticed that there's also, uh, I don't want to say a sustainability option, but there's there's that <laughs> part involved. Maybe how long has that been? I mean, because really, I mean, we all should try to think about, how, you know, <laughs> what, what are at least, you know, small thing here or there. You know, in the big picture, it might not be a lot, but if everybody does a little bit of things here and there, you know, what, what, what was, is that kind of what's, you know, said, you know, if you guys are going to let us do it, you know, and, you know, is that an extra option or is that just built into everything else? It is an extra option. Uh, we do not feel we can obligate uh, the schools traveling to do this. It has to be by choice. Um, uh, uh, Talking honestly on this, I think Europe is ahead of the U.S. Uh, in these matters in, uh, very often. But it can be it can be uh, charity work in different things. We've had uh, teams that went to uh, orphanage homes 
but we also had teams that uh, donated along the way. Uh, we have uh, the possibility they can uh, help clean beaches and stuff like this. Our idea with this is that often these schools has a very large platform at home. And if you see these youngsters being part of something that does good, it does change opinions. It just it does change ways of behavior. So actually, we we feel we have a a big opportunity to make some influence here because these people does have large Instagram accounts and uh, what you, what have you. Yeah, they're superstars. You know, I mean, you know, uh, if you're you know, I mean, you just have to look at you know the draft was last night. Time of recording last night, and you know all of these guys are superstars. If you think about it on the college campuses and and uh and uh, and around the basketball community so i mean it is it's a great opportunity to kind of put that in there um as well and how long have you been doing uh, the b-ball tours uh, for a handful of years uh obviously uh COVID has been bad to us sure. as to many others sure. but mm-hmm. but that's all right uh we are we are back out there and uh we can see that the 2023 summer is gonna look uh, very busy for us which is great we still have have some capacity but um I mean the the rate this is going and looks very promising. And do you have do you have schools coming over to, uh, this summer, twenty twenty two? We actually did have a call late last night. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm from the west coast. I'm not sure they were aware of time differences. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and so uh, we uh, we do. It looks like we're going to have some August activity also. Yes. Okay. Cool. Um, and 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 follow through. Um, mm-hmm. Is that is that. Uh, um, so more individuals than uh, individual players and, and trying to work with the individual players then on that? So with everything I do, I feel it's, it's all about quality. It's all about um, more quality and less uh, mass on the things we do. And uh, it doesn't interest me too much. Uh, I'm at an age now where being employed in basketball maybe is not an, a problem anymore, but having enough hours in the gym working mm-hmm. with the kids, that's what you really want. And that's what really grows on you because that's how I came upon. I've had these long, long-term relationships with kids starting the youngest kids I started with. Actually, the first team I, I, we took to the NGT back then, it was the Nike event, uh, was a, a group of kids I've been coaching for 10 years um, straight. And so having these long runs with kids is fantastic. It's uh, much more fun than writing a hundred emails. Yeah, it, it is, uh, you know, through my exposure of, you know, doing youth uh, events, it, it is, it, it is special to then see a guy, you know, 10, 15 years later and, 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 and everything that they've uh, accomplished and to think that, you know, they were, you know, and you've, you, and you've dealt with them even, even uh, and younger than, than when I saw them. So um not that you had, not that you don't have enough uh, already on your plate. Are there are there other things that you're kind of thinking about trying to to look into at all? Or oh, thank you for asking. Um, we uh, recently included a Latvian partner in uh, in follow through, and uh, we are right now setting up a, a Christmas tournament uh, here in Copenhagen, uh, an exclusive uh, for for junior teams, U uh, eighteen. We think there is a, a great potential with this. <clears throat> we will perhaps uh, try to look into it. will be a little bit Nordic based with this, but also 
creating activity. Uh, we already now have have uh, very high interest from a couple of U.S. Uh, very good programs uh, coming over for the Christmas period, and um, we hope then in a couple of years our our event will be something that every scout and every um, everybody looking for the next kit is gonna know about and gonna attend. So um, that's coming out very soon. Yeah, because this uh, uh, is it the Baltic Baltic Cup. Is that what it is? That like what it's called? The, that's I mean, also been... the Baltic Cup, which is for some of the national teams. We we do see that there's an uh, there's another window and another potential here between Christmas and New Year's that can be very interesting. And, and there is and this Christmas that's club or is that uh, national team? It will be a, it will be mainly club and academy teams. Yes, club and academy teams. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, fantastic. Uh, well, why don't you? Uh, I mean, okay. So, if if the easiest, maybe the easiest way to 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 get a hold of you in case somebody's interested in any of the you know the foundation or follow through or or the B ball tours, what's the easiest way to uh, to find you to get in contact with you? Well, people are always ready to to write me on on our company email on info at followthrough.dk. Um, uh, I'm always interested to network, big and small. Uh, because network is everything, and this and this is what uh, creates the synergy and the dynamics around. Uh, lately, I had to uh, to help uh, a kid from the Middle East, and through this long, long network for many, many years, I happened to know his youth coach, and uh, this is how the world goes around. Yeah, it's it's um, it's a small world, the basketball world, and uh, especially youth basketball world. It's even smaller. Correct, so. correct. Uh, Jurgen Lind, thank you very much for your time. Uh, good luck on the future. Good luck on all the projects. Uh, uh, and uh, yeah, hopefully, uh, hopefully, uh, this gives you a little bit more exposure, and people come and, and say, "Hey, man, I want to take part as well." So, uh, thanks a lot for the time, and thanks a lot for catch, uh, letting us catch up a little bit on the the state of basketball in in, in Denmark. Really appreciate it. David, thank you for having me. Uh, you are a household name in, in European basketball and recognizing the, the next kids. So uh, I know a lot of people lean on you. So it's it's an honor to be uh, with you for this uh, this time. Thank you. Well, thanks for those kind words. Of <laughs>